and welcome to wherever you may be. We're part of the 90 Minute Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking all things Chelsea. My name is Olivia Bazaglo and joining me today is Charlie Skillen. Charlie, I'm going to ask you how you are, but I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this already. I was going to say I wouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was just saying, I literally, this is the first time I've woken up the next day in a strop. I can't get out of it. And like, I keep thinking about last night, or Le- the Leicester game, the Leicester performance. And I just, I can't help but be in a strop today. I can't get out of it. And I don't know why. This is the problem with Frank Lampard being manager, isn't it? It makes it proper personal. It's like a, it's like a family member it, and everyone's oh. sort of slagging him off. And it's really, <laughs> it's really getting to me. Do you know, did you see did you see his post-match yesterday when he was like, I'm a Chelsea man, I'm a Chelsea fan, and I was just like, oh, it makes it so it makes this situation ten million times worse because we know how Chelsea he is. Yeah, you know what? I was I, I was I was watching the game last night with my girlfriend and I, I turned it off straight away and she goes, Oh, do you not want to watch the interviews? So I was like, No, I don't. So I actually missed that. Do you know what I actually um, so I actually, his post-match interview with Sky was a little bit different. I did actually set up to watch mm. it, but I saw it was, the, it was the one with Chelsea TV. Oh, okay. And he was like, obviously it's difficult. I'm a Chelsea man. Oh, right, anyway, we're going to look back and we're going to look ahead because we've got a couple of massive games coming up. We haven't spoken about the, the Fulham game on this pod yet. It wasn't a uh, the greatest performance, but we got what we wanted. Did that feel like a sort of a twist, like in momentum, and that we were going to, you know, take a few steps forward? Now it just feels like we've gone five million steps back. Well, I mean, unfortunately, what I did do was give a little bit of a lift ahead of the Leicester game, and the Leicester game was so big, and having lost that in such a bad fashion, I think the reality of what the Fulham performance actually was is sort of highlighted, really. I mean, let's face it, I thought we were shocking for most of the game against Fulham. Um, They had 10 men for over 45 minutes, and we really struggled to break them down. Um, we obviously, obviously won, it was great to win, it was great to get three points, and mm. I felt like that was a really good springboard for these. I remember last week we talked about Fulham, Leicester, Wolves as really important games. Yeah. I, felt that, I felt that was a real springboard to, um, you know, do well against Leicester, pick, pick up three points, and then really put this bad patch of form behind us. But to lose in the way we did last night, I think it almost it highlights the the negative aspects of that Fulham win. And I, I think with, with Fulham, um, one of my one of my good mates was was chatting to me about it. He said, and you, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about here, Olivia. I think if you're at that game at Craven Cottage and you've been knocking on the door for 70 minutes and you finally get the breakthrough, mm. you're absolutely buzzing with that performance. But I think watching it on television, just on the, the back of the last six weeks or so, you sort of you ruminate on everything that's going wrong, and, uh, wrong, mm. and it really highlights it. And and added to yesterday as well, like uh, it's just I find little solace in that win, to be honest. Yeah, I think it sort of it doesn't really mean much now, does it? It only really meant something if Chelsea could push on and actually get a positive result against Leicester. What what is going wrong? What went wrong in that game? Because given Leicester are a very good side, they're well organised. Everyone knows what their jobs are, and they do it. I mean, they did it to perfection yesterday. I think James Madison came out after the game and said that was their best team performance of the season. It was oh, like brilliant. a perfect performance. They were. But as for Chelsea, what went wrong? What what decisions did that... Were you happy with the, with the starting eleven? Were you happy with weird... Rudiger, Rudiger partnering Thiago Silva when Zuma has been so good this season? Because there was a few decisions in there that I thought, hmm, these are big decisions. And ah, I'm not sure. I think possibly apart from that, I was happy with the lineup. 
I don't understand Rudiger coming back in for Zuma. As you say, Zuma has been a great asset for us this year. Um, particularly, you know, in the opposition box, I think he's still second or third top scorer. Yeah. I think, and, and this is why I'm reluctant to, I mean, obviously, look, Frank Lampard gets a huge pass from me, whatever he does, but <laughs> it's why I'm reluctant to lay too much blame at his door because you've got players all over the pitch not doing their jobs. And we've seen this under countless Chelsea managers where the where the level all over the pitch drops because people are not doing their individual jobs. You saw that with the first goal. When they, when they take a short corner and two players are over that side, you have to come out with two players mm. because then it's a two-on-one and it's an easy cross for them into the box, which is exactly what happens. I think Leicester, there's a reason that that win put them at the top of the league. It, it reminded me a lot. Of, uh, of going up to the King Power one year. It was the year we started doing really badly under Mourinho. And it was actually Mourinho's last game yeah. in charge of Chelsea. And Leicester just bested us all over the pitch. It was the year they went on to win the league. And I remember, it was funny enough, it was it was N'Golo Kante who absolutely ran our midfield ragged. <laughs> and I felt like, I felt like last night, um, Ndidi showed him. us, Ndidi showed us exactly what we missed, you know? Because um, he, he ran us ragged. And I just don't think, I think Madison obviously was played great for them and they were doing their jobs all over the pitch and they they, yeah. they bested their Chelsea counterpart almost man for man. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I don't think you can blame Frank Lampard for especially defending for the second goal because mm. Reese James just reacts too late. I don't know what Rudiger's yeah. doing. It, it's just It's just a lack of... I don't even know what it is. It just it's just basic defending that we should you can't blame Frank Lampard for that. And I stand by mm. that. I'm not blaming Frank Lampard for Rudiger and Reese James not doing their jobs properly. But also you mentioned there in Didi, given Angolo Kante, you know, against Man City wasn't his greatest game, but we really missed a proper DM in there yesterday because don't get me wrong, I love Mateo Kovacic, I really do. But that midfield did not work in the slightest yesterday, did it? No, it was far too lightweight. I think Mason Mount was just about the only Chelsea player to emerge with any credit, as, as in my opinion, is often the case. Um, we just look too lightweight. And I think that's been, I mean, everyone highlights the defence and it's easy to highlight the defence because when we concede, it's invariably down to someone not marking or someone mm. losing the ball. But I think the constant pressure is put on the defence because teams are so easily able to bypass on midfield. And I think that's been the case in the last six, seven weeks or so. I think it's why Chelsea badly needed to sign a defensive midfielder. Mm -hmm. I don't think Declan Rice is the answer, to be honest. Um, I feel that I feel we need more experience. I, I think that I think what really showed for me last night is that we've got 22 year olds all over the pitch. We, we don't have a surplus of 28, mm -hmm. 29 year olds. We've obviously yeah. got Thiago Silva, who's even older than me. Um, and I just I just think we need a little bit more nous on that pitch. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just think we shouldn't be looking at another sort of 21, 22-year-old for me. Even, even though we spent massive money on players like Havertz and players like Christian Pulisic, I mean, they're the same age as Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount, you know? So yeah. I think we need more experienced heads on the pitch um, to guide them through. I mean, you, you look at any title-winning team or any even successful team in the last 50 years, uh, 
and they will have a blend of that. Man United were famous for it. Everyone goes on about the class of 92, but they couldn't have done what they did without Antona, without, you know, Paul Ince or Peter Schmeichel or, you know, any number of players that they had down the years in the 90s. And I, I just feel like we sort of put all our eggs in this young player basket because mm. I think potentially because of external factors, because of their sell-on price or because of their marketability. Um, and I just I just think we've lost a, a little bit of fight and a little bit of know-how on how to get results when you're mm. one or with 10 minutes to go or, or, or anything like that, because you can't expect players like Reese James and Mason Mount and whoever to, mm. to know that because they've not, they've not been there. Like they've made all their appearances, barring Mason Mount's appearances for Derby. They've made all of their appearances for Chelsea. And, and you know, it's, it's a learning curve for all of them, it, but we can't, <laughs> we can't be a learning curve club for me. Yeah, I think, I, that, and that's the problem with Lampard as well. I think, you know, those players haven't got that experience to fall back on or don't have experienced players around them. Lampard doesn't have experience as a manager, does he? See, when I think I heard Jamie Carragher talking about it and saying, you know, when, when Jose or when, you know, like Pep go through a bad patch, they've got that experience of getting out of it. And, 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 and that's what's really difficult for Lampard. But when I looked at the performance yesterday, I asked him about formations, yeah, and he is so stuck on a 4-3-3. And whether that was a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 yesterday, yeah. something wasn't right. And it's not getting the best out. Christian Pulisic, what's happened to him? Hudson-Odoi gets his chance, didn't take it. There are too many players underperforming at the moment. But how do you, what does Frank Lampard have to do? Because I personally cannot put my finger on what is going wrong. I cannot just, I can't put my finger on why this team that went 17 games unbeaten suddenly don't have it in them to, to perform. I just, and like, I'm getting... I think you can hear my voice, like the way I'm speaking about it. I just feel like I can't understand it. And I'm wondering if you're the same. Can you, we don't need to buy more players. We, this is, you've, we've already bought five players from that haven't played in the Premier League before, hoped they were going to kick off and like go on a run straight away. And it hasn't worked like that. So what, what does Lampard have to do? What, what has he got to change? This is becoming more like therapy than a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it actually is. Oh, um, gosh. I, the problem is, Olivia, there's not there's not one thing. It, it's not like, you know, a few months ago, we, we saw that we were, you know, it was all working attacking-wise, but we kept putting it in our own net or Kepper, was, Kepper wasn't saving anything. And that was yeah. a clear opportunity to fix a problem. Yeah. Nothing is working at the minute. And... Mm. I feel like almost we're putting too much highlight on the defence because you're looking the vast sums of money we've paid for players like Christian Pulisic for high habits. Mm. You're looking for them to make a difference going forward. Yeah. They were both appalling last night. They were both shocking. Yeah. Um, all Kai Havertz did was get booked in the mm. whole game. Um, and unfortunately, I, I think it's just a general drop in performance. And it's just so frustrating because... I've seen, well, we both have. We've both seen it happen time and time and again under Chelsea managers where the players just look like there's been a collective holding up of the hands and not knowing what they're doing. And then maybe they're not playing for Lampard. And it's just, I, mm. I, don't get me wrong, I think, it, I think it would be insanity to sack Lampard at the minute. Yeah. I, feel, I feel that if you're, if you're going to buy in to changing the culture of the club, you know, bringing through these young players, having such a such a figurehead 
with with the mm. club at heart as Lampard, then you can't jack it all in and appoint Thomas Tuchel at the first sign of trouble. You just can't do that because there's no point. Um, but I I just think that some of these players have to have a real look at themselves, really. And and also I I I do I take what you mean about Frank learning on the job as well. I, th- I th- and I think we are unfortunately suffering for that. You know, I, I think he's too, mm. a bit too slow to make changes, and I I strongly think that when he did take over, and I know this was a sticking point at the time, they should have insisted on a Steve Holland or a Steve Clark, someone yeah. like that alongside, you know, alongside experience. Jim and Jody. Yeah. Exactly. When, when you know that that's what Alex Ferguson, but that's people that have been around a dressing room in the semi-finals yeah. of the Champions League and chasing a Premier League title, you know, they they know what's required. And I, I, I just I just feel like we've got an inexperienced squad with an inexperienced manager and and that, if that's going well, then that can be great because everyone's on the crest of a wave and everything. But when it's going wrong, as we see now, it quickly, we quickly kind of lose the grip on everything. And it does mm. seem, unfortunately, right, nothing's going right. Yeah, I know. Well, we have got a couple of games to change that. I mean, from what you said there, Charlie, I couldn't have put it better myself. I Obviously, I think... I think it'd be ridiculous to sack Frank Lampard now, but obviously that's completely out of our hands. I, I had a tweet earlier being like, I believe from my heart, in my head, everything that Frank Lampard is the man to turn this around. I genuinely believe that. And it's not, I'm trying to separate the player and the legend and the that guy from the manager, but I still, I still look at that and I still know that's in there. I know the players have got it in them. I know he's got it in them. And these three games coming up, obviously, are absolutely massive. And we were saying that about Fulham, we were saying about about Leicester, but I think now's a real. I'm I, I'm worried more than I've ever been. Um, obviously, we got Luton in the FA Cup. We'll talk to that, talk um, about that in a second. But Wolves yeah. and Burnley, I think, at Stamford Bridge are the two games where if we don't get maximum points from both of them. That is when, and because we have Spurs away next, so that could be a massive, massive, like you know, a bit of time for Frank Lampard. If he can win those, the pressure just releases just a little bit in time for that massive game. But we, I feel like we're in the same boat as we were before we played Morecambe. We're now in that back Mm. in that boat again before we play Luton. What does Lampard do? Is Lampard meant to rest a few players for the Wolves game, or does he just put out you know the Havertz, the ZX that haven't had a game and just absolutely go for it and try and get another four nil win? I, I think I think we have to go for it. I, I think we do. I, I was hoping that Morecambe game added a bit of confidence to the squad. Um, it didn't. It didn't seem to, unfortunately. But I just think, I think almost. But then Charlie, wasn't that because he then changed the team for the Fulham game? Yeah, yeah. I, oh. I must admit, I don't understand that. I, I, we were on this podcast, um, and I and I said, look, both Werner and Havertz got a goal. You know, great just stuff. Let's move them. forward. And yeah. Started against Fulham, so I don't. Yeah. I don't really understand that. I mean, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the same will be the case against Luton. And and also, let's face it, if we do win, I mean, look, hopefully we win against Luton. You know, we it it shouldn't be forgotten. We do we stand a good chance of winning the competition, which could be our only entry into Europe this season. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't think that that should be forgotten either. Um, do you think Olivia? Do you think they will sack him at some point? I you know, that's a really hard question. I don't trying to trying to think how Roman Abramovich is thinking is just like you just you can't do it. You don't know what he's thinking. I'm like what you what you said earlier about why would you give a manager the money he wants the player he wants the players he wants um, to then sack him when it goes wrong at the first attempt. I can't get my head around that. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, this is Roman Abramovich, and we know what he's like. We know what he's always been like. Why did we think he was going to change for someone like Frank Lampard? Because I think it's quite clear that. 
he's it, that's just his way and whether Chelsea will have a manager again for longer than two years we'll never know because but surely this merry-go-round of managers can't go on forever surely it's not it's not possible we haven't got enough mm. managers out there for us to yeah, keep yeah. sacking and they're, they're just not um so I'm I mean I, I was this is the most worried I've been but I think Luton, Burn, Luton, Wolves, and Burnley. I think if we don't get six points from them, then it is a real possibility. I don't think it's a real possibility right now, but I think Roman might just get, listen. It's, it's it's the first time it's gone wrong. We have to we have to like be, be honest. It hasn't gone wrong a million times. It's the first time, and I think he deserves time. Um, and maybe that's because who he is. Maybe you wouldn't be saying that if it was another manager. But it's Frank Lampard at the end of the day, and I would always back him. I'll, I'll back him to the end, and I don't care if people are like, oh, well, it's not working. I don't care. I'll back Frank Lampard at this club until the end. And the Wolves game, though, is so big. And you know what happens, Charlie? When teams are in a bad run of form and then they play us, what do we always do? Wolves haven't won in seven or eight. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. And oh, the no. last game the last game they won in the Premier League, who was it against? Oh. <laughs> us. <laughs> it doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. I think, I think in terms of Lampard's future, I, I, I think the two key factors, really, more than... Possibly more than any league game, I think the performances of, of Timo Werner and Kai Havertz need to improve drastically. I know this isn't I thought, this isn't I my thought, opinion. I thought Timo Werner was unlucky yesterday because yeah, I thought he, yeah, he, he made he when right. he came on, he made a bit of an impact and and that goal, oh, that was a brilliant finish, just like a little flick, a little stab into that, and, and that's just frustrating. It's just nothing as well as his performances perhaps being below par. He he's been so unlucky. Yeah. In some some instances as well, and it just luck's against him at the moment. Everything just seems to be against him. But I do agree. Like you want to see the levels of of the Leipzig Werner, and you want to see the Bayer Leverkusen Havertz in there. Exactly. But is there exactly. just a reality that when you come to a new league, and especially a, a year like this one, it makes everything a million times harder? It it does it does, and and and. But we can't afford. Helping. Yeah. Yeah, we but we can't afford. To, we can't afford. Yeah. It. But and, and I think more 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 than our opinion, I think. It will be the club's opinion that they paid so much money for these players, and if a question, they, a, a discussion they will be having is, can Thomas Tuchel or whoever get better out of them? Um, they were so badly burned with Kepa, you know, spending a ludicrous sum of money on a keeper who yeah. quite clearly doesn't fit the Premier League, um, yeah. And 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 they certainly don't want to experience that again. I think the other thing that is going to be really crucial for Frank, um, and a lot of people haven't mentioned this, is the Atletico Madrid games. Um, yeah. We were we were so badly beaten by Bayern Munich, one of the, you know, for me the best club side in world football yeah. last year. Yeah. By, by by a mile. Atletico Madrid are not that side, and if we were to get, not only not, not so much not go through, but if we were to get beaten badly by them. And be yeah. in a position where we're nowhere near the top four as we are now, um, and the performances of Havertz and Werner and whoever haven't improved, mm. then I think the club will act if if they don't before. I, I sincerely hope they don't, but that's yeah. that's kind of when I think I, I think it's so crucial to the club success in the Champions League and, and Chelsea's place on the world stage that, that mm. if if that was to all go wrong in the next however long it is till that game. Um, eight weeks or so, then I, then I think it could it could be real trouble. 
Charlie, that's the perfect place to end. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, that would be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you enjoyed what you heard, we'll be back again next week to review that Wolves game and the Luton game and look ahead to the upcoming Burnley fixture as well. We will see you next time on Wherever You May Be. 